Okay. So here we are. So some of you don't know this, but this little guy up here is my son. This is my first Father's Day. I know, I know. We, we waited 15 years for him. And so I'm like a little kid in the candy store today. Because it's not just that, I see the line up there. I feel that Africa, you know, you guys know I'm from South Africa, so this is, this is incredible. Um, I want you to think about this. As boys and as men, we all have this incredible desire to answer this question. Am I good enough? As girls and as women, you have a desire to answer these questions. Am I important? Another way of saying it is, am I worth fighting for? But underneath both of these is this incredible question that we have this desire for, and it's this. Do you see me? Do you see me? You know, when I picked this video for us to watch, I knew it was going to be hard for some of you. Some of you lost your dad. Some of you never had a dad. Some of you have kids. Some of you don't have kids. But I'm gonna, I want to ask you this morning. I know we're going to talk a lot about, about, about dads. But I truly believe this message that we're going to talk about today is really going to be applicable in your life. Because if we go back to this video, what this video showed us was really our humanness. We have a desire to be seen. We have a desire to be loved. And we have a desire to love. And so let's go down this path today. What does it mean to see somebody, especially as a father? So let's pray. Let's ask God to take us through this. Our Father, Lord, I just thank you for being our Father. Thank you for who you are in our lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will fill this place. Father, speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in South Africa, one of the tribes there is called the Zulus. Everybody heard of the Zulus? Maybe a couple. Now the Zulus got an incredible, incredible greeting. And I'm going to teach you a little bit of that. They say, Saubona. Saubona. Can you guys say that? Saubona. Okay. And the way you reply to the greeting is Yebo Saubona. So let me go. Saubona. Excellent. Very good. Here's the amazing thing about this greeting. Saubona means I see you. Yebo Saubona means yes, I see you. You're going to say, okay, well, what does it mean? I see you. 
So it's all my attention is with you. I see you and I allow myself to discover your needs, to see your fears, to identify your mistakes and accept them. I accept you for what you are and you are part of me. Saubona. But for us here in the Western world, it's a little bit harder because everything we do here, everything we do here is about doing. Everything is about doing. We are more human doings than we are human beings. It's just incredible. But here's the thing, you're still gonna say, okay, Christo, I get it. I, I think I see you as important, but I still don't understand what it means. Let me share with you this quote. Maya Angelou said once, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Fathers, how does your children feel around you? So here's the amazing thing. Jesus. Here is a man that lived 33 years. He had a three and a half, three and a half, he had a three-and-a-half-year ministry, okay, on this earth. 2,000 years later, more than a billion people are still following him. And yes, he did something incredible. He died on the cross for us so that we can have hope, that we can have a future. He said amazing things. And we're still following those things. But here's the question I want to ask you. How did Jesus make people feel around him? Jesus loved them. Jesus saw them. They felt seen by Jesus. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at Jesus' life. We're going to look at three points. What we can learn about how to really see in a more effective way. Saubona. So the first step is slow down. If you make notes, it's not going to be many notes. It's three points, but slow down. So read with me this passage. If you want to, Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. I don't know if you guys have your Bibles. We got our... And we got it in front of us, yeah. Okay, here we go. As Jesus, Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. 
You are worried and upset about many things, but, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think right away, one of the things that could resonate with us is when we read about how distracted she was, worried she was, thinking about things that didn't really matter. But there's an incredible lesson that Jesus is teaching us here. I want you to listen to this. You will slow down to things that matter. Jesus is making this point here. The only thing that matters here is your relationship with God and where you're going. But here's the question I want to ask you this morning. What matters to you? Because you will slow down to things that matter. But I want to argue that in our world today, we keep saying we're so distracted. It, we've never been, we have never had so many distractions ever. I totally agree with that. But here's the thing. I believe technology plays a role. Social media plays a role. The world that we're in, that plays a role. But I think we forgot what matters. If you know what truly matters, distraction will have less power on you. I'm open to amens. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying it. Pastor Brian, okay? I'm just saying it, okay? So, so we're on the same page here. But here's the thing. You know, I had the privilege uh, years ago. I, um, I, I sometimes work with top athletes. And this is one thing about Formula One drivers. Formula One drivers, when they go around the corner, in their minds, what they're doing is they slow down so that they can speed up on the straight. Now, from the outside, it doesn't look like that. But in the inside, their mindset is slow down to speed up. Slow down to speed up. When you look at Jesus' ministry, that's exactly what he did. It's amazing how Jesus was on a mission. But the way he slowed down and loved people where they were. And then there were times where he speed up. It's a powerful principle to think about. How can we slow down to speed up? But I want to leave you with this question right here at this point. What matters to you? Because here's the fathers. If you're saying God matters to you, are you slowing down and spending time with God? If you're saying family matters to you, are you slowing down with your children? Are you listening to them? So Jesus is telling us the first thing, slow down. Second one, be curious. Let's look at this passage. Matthew 20, verse 29 to 34. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. 
And when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now listen to this. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Now see this, picture this setting. Two blind men. And what does Jesus do? What can I do for you? How can I help you? He asks a question. Everybody can see they're blind. Jesus asked 307 questions in the Gospels. 182 questions people ask Him. And of those 182 questions, He only answered three questions directly. Everything else was asking a question back or telling a parable or telling a story. You're going to say, why? Well, let's break it apart. By asking questions, you get to get the other person to think for themselves and you empower them. A couple of years ago, um, so what I actually do is I'm a leadership coach. So I work with leaders and the FBI. So I worked with about 42 leaders of the FBI. They brought us in to, this was really interesting. They said, listen, our culture in the FBI are now senior leaders is really getting to a place where our leaders have a command control leadership style. And what's happening is the rest of the team members stop thinking for themselves and they become all dependent on the top leader. Now, you can imagine for the FBI, you would think decisions need to be made quick. We, we need command control sometimes. But what's missing in the culture is we don't have a culture of collaboration. And the way that I helped these leaders was one simple thing. is to ask better questions. How do you ask open-end questions, even though you know what the answer is, how do you help people get to the answer themselves? Because if they get to the answer themselves, they first of all empowered and they feel connected. Have you ever been in front of a boss or a friend that they keep telling you what they know? They always know the best. They're telling you everything you need to do. You feel small. Have you ever been in front of a boss, a friend of yours, that asked you questions and was curious about you? You feel big. You feel powerful. We need to be curious. We need to ask questions. We know the story of David and Goliath. 
So here's the scene. David just put up his hand. And he said, I'll do it. Nobody else wants to do it. And King Saul was a little concerned. You can see this scene where King Saul took his armor and put it on David because he wants to protect him. And you can just imagine King, you know, uh, David got to walk around and it's very heavy and uncomfortable. And in the end, he decides, no, I don't want the armor. So David, the young man, walks with three rocks, no armor, a slingshot, and we know the rest of the story. Fathers, listen to me. Are you putting your armor on your children? Are you putting your armor on your children? Maybe your child doesn't even need an armor. Don't take me wrong. Just, just with the FBI leaders, there's a time to be the wise man and the command control leader. You have experience. You have a lot of things to give to your children. But there's a time when you need to let go. Be curious. Ask questions. Meet them where they are. Your armor is not to say it's going to be the best for your child. Third lesson. Make them feel important. So let's read here in Luke 19, 1 to 6. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached this spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to beat the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man come to seek and to save the lost. And you can right away get the reaction from the people. I mean, they didn't like him. They didn't like him at all. But here's the thing. This is something about Jesus. Jesus saw something in him that the people couldn't see. Even him himself couldn't see. The story goes on. Jesus touched the untouchables. Jesus let the 
the, the, the children come to him. We think of the woman at the well, a Samaritan. Jesus saw something in that woman that she couldn't see. We think of Mary the prostitute. Jesus saw something in her she couldn't see. Jesus had this way of really making people feel important and lift them up. So, I'm going to be real here for a moment. So, Faith and I, my wife and I, we've been married 15 years this coming Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. And let's put it this way. I love my wife so much, even more than ever before. She's the only one standing right now. That's, that's pretty amazing, actually, right there. One of the things we, over the years, the message that she keeps telling me is, Christo, I need physical touch, and I need verbal affirmation. I don't know if you guys heard any of that before. <laughs> Got a lot of shakes here. Here's the thing. In the last two weeks, and maybe it's because I've been preparing for this message for a while, it hit me. Because you see, if you make people feel important, it's not about you, it's about them. And I heard faith in the past. I hear it for a day or two. Okay. But physical touch and verbal affirmation is difficult for me. I'm not used to that. That's not, that's not how I grew up. And I made these excuses for so long. But two weeks ago, something happened and moved from here to here because I realized I had to see her for what she needs, not what I need. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what my wife is feeling, too. <laughs> Father, ach, um, <laughs> fathers, so I want to ask you this question. How do you make your children feel? How do you make your wife feel? If you know your son has this innate desire in him to feel like he is enough, meet him there. Build him up. Speak into his life. Bless him. Speak it to him. He wants to hear it. If you know your daughter wants to feel valued and that she's important, speak it into her life. Speak to her. Show her that. She wants that. Make her feel important. It's not about you. It's about them. Now, I have to, I have to be honest. I have to be real. We cannot... Slow down. We cannot be curious and ask questions. 
We cannot help other people feel important on our own. We cannot do it. Fathers, I want to ask you, how much time are you spending with God? This is what Jesus did. All the time, spending time with His Father. That's where our strength is. That's where we can be more like Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. To really, really see the people in our lives and to really love them. I want to close with, with, a, with a story that I want to read to you. A man fell into a pit and couldn't get himself out. A subjective person came along and said, I feel for you down there. An objective person came along and said, it's logical that someone would fall down there. A Christian scientist came along. You only think that you are in a pit. <laughs> a Pharisee said, only bad people fall in a pit. A mathematician calculated how he fell into the pit. A news reporter wanted the exclusive story on his pit. Confucius said, if you would have listened to me, you would have not be in that pit. Buddha said, your pit is only a state of mind. A realist said, that's the pit. <laughs> a scientist calculated the pressure necessary to get him out of the pit. A geologist told him to appreciate the rock strata in the pit. The county inspector asked if he had a permit to dig a, per, a, a pit. A professor gave him a lecture on the elementary principles of the pit. An invasive person came along and avoided the subject of this pit altogether. A self-pitying person said, you haven't seen anything until you've seen my pit. An optimist said, things could be worse. <laughs> A pessimist said, things will get worse. <laughs> Jesus, seeing the man, took him by the hand and lifted him out of the pit. Jesus saw the man. Jesus slowed down. Fathers, I want to ask you this morning. How will your marriage change if you start seeing your wife? 
How will your friendships change if you start seeing them? How will your children's lives change? But we have to slow down. Get clear on what really matters to you. Be curious. After you slow down, ask questions. And it's not about you. It's about them. Make them feel important. Let's pray. Our Father, we we just thank you for being this example in our lives, Lord. Without you, we are nothing, Lord. Lord, this world is so busy and we're all running in all kinds of directions. Father, please help us to slow down. Please help us to really understand what matters. Father, please help us to truly see the people around us. Everybody is looking for that. And a lot of people are not finding it, Father. May we truly love them and see them for who they are. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.